Merry meet everyone. So a new thing I just thought of is I have a book called A Year and a Day of Everyday Witchcraft, 366 Ways to Witchify Your Life by Deborah Blake. So one of the suggestions I got for my podcast was to do a spell a day kind of thing. And uh, this book by Deborah Blake actually has a year and a day of wonderful different spells to do and it starts with January 1st and goes you know around the year and even though today is not January 1st I was thinking that I would just flip through the book randomly and read off a spell before I start off any of my podcasts or any daily suggestions before I start the continuous of the recording so first day oh it's actually July 5th so it says, I am strong and self-reliant. Here is a simple affirmation to help you become your best, strongest, most independent self. I am strong and self-reliant. Nothing and no one can stand in the way of my achieving my dreams. And it has a try this section at the end. So it says, try this. Repeat this affirmation as needed, especially in situations where you need to be strong and you can feel yourself wavering. So I think that's actually a really great um, affirmation. So I'm going to actually have to write that down somewhere to remind myself we already did this one in case I open it to that page again. Because today I really wanted to discuss and talk more about um, our relationship with the elements. So the last, the first podcast I ever did was on deities and it ended with me kind of ranting a little bit and I'll try not to do that but sometimes I feel like I need to make them longer because I really want this to be something you can listen to on your commute or while you're cooking dinner just something that you know you need about an hour of because if you're busy you don't really want to stop and pick the next one after like 20 minutes so I really want to keep them about an hour long and I'll try to keep them interesting. Some of them might be shorter than others if I have, you know, good juicy topics. Some of them might be longer. So I recently took an alchemy class. I actually was a two-day seminar about alchemy and how to incorporate that into your life through the Modern Mystery School, which I'm an initiate of, which is a great place to learn about spiritual teachings and healings and so I actually wanted to discuss a little bit today about our relationship with the earth and the elements and a big part of the craft is the fact that this is a nature-based religion and dealing with the four directions and just having it be a part of your everyday life that's I think one of the hardest parts of the craft is it's is the way to incorporate it every day into your life I mean that's the problem I have the most is sure I I have an altar but I don't stand at the altar every day I don't pray to the god or goddess or speak to the god or goddess every day and I don't do a I don't do things every day and that's the whole point is it's hard to adjust when you're first starting out to this creating, to creating this as a practice, not, not as a practice, but as a way of life, which is something that I feel most of us would like to do is create this as a way of life. So one of the important aspects is our relationship with the elements and the beings on this planet. And just simple ways you can do that uh, is through um, physical connection or through spiritual connection. So how to, let's start with Earth. So how you can create a relationship with the Earth. And sure, you're like, well, I live on the planet. What more? of a relationship do I need but it's about honoring the beings like the earth beings not humans but the spirits and the f um, 
and the energy of the earth. So a really great way to do that is with a rock or a crystal. And you just hold that crystal in your receiving hand or the rock in your receiving hand, which is your left hand. And you just sit there in silence. It doesn't have to be very long. And you can cup it by putting your right hand on top of your left. Or you can just hold out your palms and just sense the energy coming from the crystal or the rock. So I want, I want you to actually grab one if you can. If not, just feel that energy and feel if it's trying to tell you something. Um, if it tells you its name, its gender, if it sends you a color, and just feel where that energy goes, what it's trying to achieve for you in your body at that moment. Um, if it were that you feel the energy transform or come across as where it goes physically in your body and just anything you see while holding that crystal or rock, just any emotions that come up, any colors, any scents, any sounds, just anything that you might be receiving because you are holding that crystal and rock. Um, a name is always a great thing. I don't really get names. I more am a feeler. So just anything that I would feel, I would bring up and write down and just take notice of to know that the relationship this crystal or rock is trying to cultivate with me. So when I picked up a new crystal, just a simple quartz crystal, and I was feeling what it would do for me. Just like letting it wash over me, taking it all in, not trying to put in my intent, just asking it to show me what it wants to achieve with me. And for me, this one is about focus. It told me that it is here to help me focus on my tasks. So I actually put it on my desk and I've noticed that it is helping me. And it was actually in a bag for a couple days. And then I heard it calling to me, calling out to me, telling me to come pick it up. So I did. I went and picked it up and placed it right on my desk. And I'm actually holding it right now while I'm speaking this and talking about it. Because it's really focusing my thoughts and channeling it in a way that I never really would have achieved as well before and maybe you can feel the difference in how I'm talking between this and the last podcast maybe not I mean it's very some very new and this is only the second time I'm actually talking to everyone about it but that is what its purpose is for me and when I thought of it or when I was thinking about what it could do for me it put a picture in my head of studying like school and work I have to get done and just telling me that it would help me focus on that and focus my thoughts so I don't get as easily distracted with the outside world. So that is one of those exercises you can do and I used er um, earth as an example just a rock or a crystal but you can do this with anything. Um, you can do it with a cup of water or a feather. I think for air and be really good to actually use essential oils just one of those plants that might be associated more with air and just feel where the energy goes in your body um doing it by a for water if you're actually sitting by a body of water might be very helpful and you can actually touch it and just feel the energy coming from the water and then Fire. Fire would probably be harder to do. Incense is a great way to use fire or just a candle, just sitting with a maybe not even a lit candle or just breathing in some smoke from sage. Just anything that could really in attune you or connect you to that element. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about, so we've made a connection with these elements 
or you're trying to create a connection with these elements. And that is just something to do every day to strengthen your relationship because when we cast a circle, a lot of the times we ask those elements to come in to our circle to help us achieve our goals. So having a strong relationship with those elements will help create a better, stronger circle. So let's talk a little bit about how to cast. Well, actually, before I continue, I'm going to start with different types of circles and why you should use a circle in your life. So I know that I'm kind of a little transitioning, transitioning to a different topic. And I said I was going to talk more about cultivating a relationship with these elements. And that's something, you know, I don't really write down what I'm going to talk about in these podcasts. I tend to feel it and feel the motivation to speak on something. And a big part of casting a circle is those relationships with the elements. And I could spend probably another few hours talking about sitting with water or fire or out in nature, just feeling, just getting a sense of all the elements and the directions and the emotions. But I think that's something you have to experience on your own. I can tell you my experiences and how I feel it and what I do, but this is something you have to do for yourself. So that's actually the hardest part about cultivating a practice, an everyday practice or a way of life is you are the person who has to do it. So that was something I never really understood was how. How do I do this? How do I create an everyday practice for me? Because it doesn't seem like any book is really about that. I mean, you can have a spell a day kind of thing, but when will you have time? When do you have time to do these things? I mean, if you're a busy mother or if you have a full-time job or if you're not living by yourself, it could be very hard to incorporate these types of things in your everyday practice. Like I don't have time every day to go find a waterfall to sit with or to light a bonfire, to try to connect with the element of fire. It's very difficult to do. So just wanna remind you of what I spoke about in the last podcast. It's just a small, if you want to create a relationship with a deity, is just take three to five minutes when you're lying in bed and just think or say what you're thankful for or grateful for that day. And you can do this with a significant other in bed, just as you're falling asleep or right before you put, or right after you put down a book or whatever you're doing before you go to sleep. It's just take a moment and think a, it doesn't have to be a specific deity. Just say, I thank the God and goddess I thank the Lord and Lady. I thank Gaia and Pan or any god or goddess you feel a connection with. Or even if you don't feel a connection with, just speak out into the universe. Just, I thank you for this and this and this. And that's a great way to slowly incorporate an everyday practice. That counts. That's the thing is, People think you have to do all this stuff every day. You have to be a kitchen witch every day. You have to put magic into your cooking at every second of every day. You have to be magical every second of every day. You have to, every day you have to pray at your altar or cast a spell. And that's not what it is. It's just trying to live this way of life, this thought process of honoring. So like, if you're stuck at a stoplight and someone is pissing you off or they flipped you off, just say, I am thankful that I did not retaliate or I'm thankful that I can keep calm in a stressful situation. Just remaining, just go, I honor that person as a human and I hope they have a better life. You may not feel like that. It may take a very long time to get that way. I I'm not like that yet either. It's actually been helping. I've started listening to classical music in the car, which I realize is keeping me calm. And people have been 
angry around me. And I just go, but their actions are not my actions. I do not have to let their actions affect me. I can live in honor of the world and the honor of myself by not letting them affect me. So going back to circles and types of circles is if you're doing, I believe that circles are very important and a lot of people don't actually know how to cast a circle. And they're important because of what you use them for. They're mainly for protection. So no matter what, if you're casting a large spell or a small spell, or you just need to feel protected, you can use a circle to achieve that. So I want to talk specifically about um, casting a spell for personal protection that you can cast in the morning or at night or both or any time during the day if you need protection to keep you protected from outside forces and energies. And also, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about ones for bigger spells when you need to create something and you're going to use a circle to protect you during a state when your energies are focused outside of you trying to cause change or create change and manifest something and you're not focused on self-protection. So there's two ways to cast a circle. You can start at the north, which is what I usually would do until recently when I was rereading some books and realized they were saying that you should start in the east. I don't know how I missed that or sometimes you see things at a time you're supposed to see them because I've read these books multiple times and never saw or never really got the message to start in the east until recently when I was reading them again and I saw and they said start in the east because everything starts in the east so that's where you should cast a circle so you can start in the north or the east depending on your personal preference from my personal experience and belief, for personal circles to cast for yourself, where you're not trying to cast a spell to create a purpose or to create change in your life, you should start in the north. For a spell for personal protection, I believe starting in the north is better just because of simp for simplicity's sake. I think it's a very easy way to start and cast a spell or start and cast a circle. So here is an example of a simple circle you can cast every day for protection and balancing of the energies within. So start standing in the north and I just use the compass on my phone before I put it away. It's best not to be interrupted and to stay focused and really feel those energies come down or and up through the earth. So stand in the north, palms out, or palms facing out. They could be down at your side or up near your chest, wherever you feel comfortable holding your hands. And say, I ask the north to come into my circle I ask the element of earth to come into my circle and help keep me grounded throughout the day. Next, turn to the east and say, I ask the east to come into my circle. I ask the element of air to come into my circle and help clear my head of negative thoughts. To the south. I ask the south to come into my circle. I ask the element of fire to burn away any harm that might come my way. And I'll turn to the west. I ask the west to come into my circle. I ask the element of water to cleanse my mind, body, and spirit of any ill will. Now turn back to the north. I ask spirit to come down and help connect all the directions and elements to balance me and protect me throughout the day. So mode it be. So that's a great little quick circle you can do to, pa to ask for protection.
protection and to protect yourself throughout the day. If you want to make it even simpler, you can, or if you want to change the words in any way, shape, or form with what you connect more with. So if you want to keep it even more simplified, you can go to Stand in the North, and this is going to be another example of an even simpler version of that circle casting. Um, stand in the North and say, I ask the earth and the north, I ask, stand in the north and say, I ask the direction of the north and the earth to ground me throughout the day. Turn to the east. I ask the east and the element of air to enlighten me throughout the day. Turn to the south. I ask the south and fire to purify me throughout the day. Turn to the west. I ask the west and the water to cleanse me throughout the day. I ask spirit to come down and protect me throughout the day. So mode it be. So you, that's a great way to just call in the elements very quickly. But I want you to not do it as quickly as I said you can if you really feel it. But I want you to spend time in each direction really feeling the north and the element of earth come into the circle and join you. I want you to feel it, hear it, sense it smell it, taste it, or even see colors, just anything that makes you know that the element of earth is there with you. And same with all the directions. Really spend that time. But if not, if you don't have the time, if you really just have 30 seconds, quickly just call the north, earth, and air, fire, and water into the circle. So, and I'm going to... Those were two pretty quick ways, and I didn't say anything about closing the circle. I don't really think that's, that's not, the magic from this is supposed to be with you the whole day, so it's really more personal as opposed to being a physical circle. So I have didn't actually have us cast a circle with our energy. Just really feeling those energies there with us is good protection, so I'm not saying to close it because eventually those energies will dissipate naturally, so don't worry about that. And I want to talk more about a stronger circle to cast. Say if you're casting a spell and you need a protected and sacred space to cast a spell. So if you're doing a spell with multiple people and you're cast casting a circle where people are actually the circle, then you need to know how to cut them out of the circle to keep the energy up. I, for one, do not like cutting people out of the circle if they need to leave to keep the energies high. I think if you're there for a spell that should take maybe an hour, you should be prepared to stay in that energy because it can disrupt it if it's not done properly but a quick way just to cast just to cast them out of the circle or cut them out of the circle. I don't mean like you close them out and don't involve them. I mean is you're all in the circle holding the energy and someone say they have to leave or an, something happens. The person next to them going clockwise around the circle. So going clockwise. So the person, let's say going clockwise around the circle. So I want to say the person to their right is going to turn and just draw an energy, just like take their two fingers or a wand or any way to conduct energy. So that's the thing. I don't think you need any tools to cast a circle or even cast a spell for that matter. It's not about the tools you use. It's about the energy you have. So they could just take their fingers and imagine themselves cutting an arch around them where the energy will form and create an arch. So they, care feel they are free to leave the circle. And then they close the arch. And then turn clockwise and join the circle again. And then the person who is returning to the circle needs to be cut back in as well to join. So they have to create that arch again where they come into the circle and rejoin and fill that energy gap. 
that might be confusing, but if you're not really casting a circle or doing a big ritual with multiple people, so if you're not part of a coven, it's not really an important part of the practice because if you leave your circle, it's a little hard to feel that energy again. I'm sure you can. You can cut yourself out of the circle if you're just doing it by yourself. But it might be hard to come back in and feel those energies or exactly where you cast the circle. So for a stronger ritual, if you're going to be casting a spell and you do want to use tools like a candle, a wand, cauldron, a chalice, crystals, anything you're going to, and like whatever herbs you're using to actually cast um, the spell, you want to bring those into your space where you're going to be casting the circle. And you can cast a circle around it, definitely, because it's an energy circle. You can use physical things to represent the directions of the circle. So say you have a rock or a crystal, you can put that in the north, and then you can do um, like a candle or incense for the east. and the south, you can use incense or a candle, again, for fire, and then a cup of water or a chalice of water in the west. Or you could just use candles to represent each point of the direction in your circle. So you just stand at the north, and you call in whatever entities or elements you want to the north. So I, you can even use, um, to go back a little bit, like rocks. Just anything to represent the circle. If you really need to see a physical circle, you can take rocks and, or even if, if you're outside even, you can just trace a line in the dirt or the sand or wherever you are that represents that circle as you're casting the circle. You don't want to draw the circle and, and then focus on it because you want that energy as you're physically creating the circle around you. So if you're casting a circle on the beach, say that's where you are, you can take a stick and as you call in the north and you move from north to east, you can draw that circle and east to south. Or you can wait at the end if you're going to, because I believe it's a great way to conduct energy is if you draw a pentagram in the circle to create and hold that high energy. So casting a formal circle, how I would start would be, I would call, I would stand in the north and at this moment, you could have candles in north, east, south, and west. Or you can just hold them um, spiritually and just know where those directions and those points are for when you're going to close the circle. And you can also want to make sure you have all your supplies and everything you're going to need inside with the area where you're going to cast the circle. So because you're doing it energetically, you can cast the circle to cover the entire room, but it might be easier to just bring everything inside a more condensed area, even if you just create a small little altar on the floor or wherever you're practicing. So stay in the north, and I would just say, very simple, just I call upon the north and the element of earth to come into my circle and help protect me while I cast my spell and move on to the east. I call upon the east and the element of air to come into my circle and help protect me while I cast my circle to the south. I call upon the south and the element of fire to come into my circle and help protect me while I cast my spell. I call upon the west and the element of water to come into my circle and help protect me while I cast my spell turn back to the north. I call upon spirit to come down and amplify my magic and help protect me while I cast my spell. And then, if you so desire, you can say, I ask Hecate to come help me with my spell and amplify my magic. I ask that she help send out and amplify my will to the world. I ask that she help me maintain my spell 
and ensure that it is for the greater good and that it harm none. Next you can, so I would start where you point north and you feel the energy coming out of your fingertips as you turn clockwise around the around casting a circle. If you so wish, you could use a stick or a wand to help feel the energy as you draw the circle. You can physically draw it and just or just point your two fingers on your right hand, starting north and then moving east, south, and west until you connect them. Then you turn to draw the star to fill in the circle. This is something you can and can't do. I find that it helps create and hold a magical seal and help amplify the magic and is just an excellent way to ensure your protection. So start, clock, turn clockwise and go from the southwest area and then you draw a straight line to north and then to south, east, to southeast area and then draw a straight line directly to the west and then directly to the east and then connect it back to the southwest so you can really feel that circle that you are drawing in the ground and you can draw the star first and then complete the circle or you can complete the circle and then draw the star whichever one you feel um, more inclined to do. And so once you have connected the star and drawn the circle, stand in the circle and just feel the energy and the protection as you en can envision or see or feel a giant circle of light and energy protecting you. And then you can cast your spell. So some after you've cast your spell to release the circle, some move counterclockwise as they ask the elements and they thank the elements for being there in the circle. I prefer you could do west to north and then thank Hecate at the end. Um, or you can do it, I prefer to go clockwise again just because it feels more in tune with the natural order of the earth for me, is to thank the elements in the same way I called them in. And then last, thank the goddess or whatever god you call in. Um, I know in the Wicca tradition, it tends to be more traditional to undraw the circle, physically undraw it just as we drew it, and then thank the elements, thank spirit, west south east north for being you in the circle being there in the circle so it is very important no matter how you close the circle after a spell to just make sure you're thanking the elements and whatever god or goddess or deity you called in for joining you so they're more willing to help you in the next time you call them in and is a very important aspect just to ensure your connection with them and to honor their role in your practice and the spell that you cast and help making the spell come true. So those were just some very simple ways to cast a circle of protection and a circle for your spell or purpose. And make sure if you want, you can, you know, take exactly how I said it and do it exactly that. Or you can always change it. I know it tends to be a little harder to change words as soon as you hear them to your own desire and will. But that is definitely something you can do. And it's just to make sure it's specific towards your purpose. So if your purpose is to find love and you're casting out a spell to help you find love or bring love into your life, you can always make that a point to talk about in while you're casting the circle. So as you're calling in the north and the earth, say that you, you hope that it helps you stay grounded on the path of love or, and then air helps you stay insightful 
as you find, as you look for love and south, you know, passion, water, you know, however you feel those elements associated with love, you can always call them in as, as you can always call them in while telling them a specific purpose. And of course, if you're trying to find love or bring love into your life, you can always call upon Aphrodite to come down into your circle instead of Hecate. I just used Hecate because she is a very general um, deity for witchcraft and magic. So she will help with any spell or any purpose. So if you do not have a specific deity or god or goddess you want to call in, you can always call upon Hecate because she is always there willing to help us on this spiritual path. And you don't even actually have to call in a deity. If you have none that you feel connect with you or don't even want to call one in, you don't have to call one in. That's just something you can always add if you so desire. Uh, I think most of the time I don't really call one in. I just call upon the spirit and help connect with my entire circle for the purpose of my spell and then I cast the circle and at the end I thank all the elements as I close the circle. So it is definitely all about the personal preference and that's one thing that calls to people so much to join on this path is because it's so individualized and you can create it truly as you would like you, to you. It is very unique to you and your beliefs and your practice. However you want to do it, it's not wrong no matter what. That's the whole point is you can't be wrong. There is no wrong way to practice witchcraft or Wicca or um, how to walk on this path. No matter how you do it, it is correct for you. And if you like to um, conform or believe in more traditional paths of Wicca, there is a book that I actually have to help you do that. It is called Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft by Raymond Buckland. And it's a classic course in Wicca, says it right on the, um, on the cover. And it's pretty much lessons about how to, it's like a textbook for how to become a witch, <laughs> essentially. And you learn and you can study it. Um, and if you feel like these types of um, methods work really well for you, then you can definitely use this book. It tends to have, it has lessons on beliefs, on tools, on how to get started, on rituals and, and covens, on the Sabbaths. And it does tell a little bit about different denominations of Wicca. And I didn't actually finish the textbook. I haven't gotten very far in it just because my own personal belief in how I um, practice Wicca is I find this is a little outdated, especially in the new age for Wicca. It talks more about traditional types of witchcraft and practicing, such as um, Gardenian witchcraft, uh, Georgian Wicca, um, Nova Wicca, CX Wicca, just Circle Wicca. A whole on the whole back section, they has different Wiccan denominations, but they don't have any lists of sort of the newer wave of witch witchcraft and Wicca, such as the Kitchen Witch or the Green Witch, which you can trace back to the older ways of practicing, where it's not a specific, you go out and you have a purpose and you practice it and you cast rituals and that is the whole point of Wicca. But rather now is we find it is a way of life uh, closer to akin to that than as a religion. I mean, some people still today find it as their true religion and that is what they want to practice and they pray to their deities and that is a completely right way to practice. 
But as I've been noticing is a lot of people now are finding it more as like a spiritual way of life, especially in this new age movement, as opposed to a true religion to follow like Christianity or um, Buddhism, just other forms of traditionalized religion. We find it that Wicca is more fluid to our purposes. So that is what calls a lot of people as opposed to what they wrote in this textbook about different sects of Wicca and when they were created and the core teachings of those sects. Sects, like S-E-C-T-S. The one thing, the one thing I will say about what I do like about this textbook is that it has sections on how to create your own book of shadows and how to create your own, um, like your own beliefs and the deities you wish to worship, just a section on how to do that. But there's also some things that I'm going to say are severely outdated, such as like binding rituals when you're, and I don't, it kind of is more, I want to say, occultish rather than true to what a lot of people follow on this path. And I don't mean occultish in a bad way, but more of stuff you associate with um, the kind of more cultish aspects of some religions. You know, you bind somebody's hands behind their back and they're naked as you, you know, welcome them into the coven. And there's all these different ways, initiate rules. But I mean, it's about, it's literally, you're tying someone's hand behind their back and then you're tying it to their neck. And that would terrify me. And I would not want my hands tied behind my back as the rope is tied around my neck. I feel like I'd be choking. And it's kind of a scary thought that people did this, that people really, I mean, unless that's a, a way you practice and you still believe in these binding rituals, and that is true for you. But again, this is my own opinion, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but I also feel it for myself that it is a little outdated. And most people, I feel like when they're, um, if they try to join a coven and the coven, it says, you have to strip naked and we'll tie your hands behind your back and then the rope around your neck so you can't move your hands without choking yourself as you have to say these specific things to become a member of our coven. I feel like that would put most people off and that is also one of the negative connotations that a lot of other religions have around Wicca are these different initiation rules that again are outdated now i feel it's you look up something on meetup or find a group of like people who have a very similar way of looking at life and they say yes i would love to come into your backyard on a full moon as we cast a circle and ask these certain deities to come in and help us achieve our true purpose in life and i think that's beautiful and anything that's true to this way of life is something that you should find that maybe you enjoy certain degrees of different practices and you can definitely incorporate them into your life. And one more thing, if you are, you know, going to be initiated into a coven and, and you should Definitely make sure you're aware of the energies being emitted in the area. So if there's anything that happens or is being happen or is happening as you're being initiated that makes you feel uncomfortable or wary, that is a clear sign that it is not something you should be doing. Because this is a type a path where sure there is resistance. So if something happens and Maybe you're on your way to a coven meeting and there is a car accident and you don't get there in time. That might be a clear sign that you should be there. 
because you have to work through resistance, not, oh, it's a sign that I'm not supposed to be there. It's a sign that you should be there because the dark energies of the world are stopping you from achieving that goal of being there. But if you're at a Wiccan initiation ceremony for a coven and they're telling you things that make you uncomfortable or that you feel is wrong with how you believe you should be practicing or how you desire to be practicing, then by all means, remove yourself and don't participate. Because I, I, my personal feelings, if I went to a covenant initiation and they did try to bind my hands behind my back like that, I would say this is not the right coven for me. This is not the right uh, state I want to be in and how I wish to practice. So I'm going to remove myself and not continue with this initiation because this is not how I personally would like to practice. But if other feel, other people feel that this is exactly the way they wish to practice, then by all means, that is a wonderful thing for you to find. And finding a coven is probably is a really amazing thing to find, especially with how similar they are in their thinking and their ways. I personally am not in a coven. I am more of a solitary practitioner. I am on a mystical path. I am an initiate in the modern mystery school, which is about finding your true purpose in life and serving the greater good uh, of the whole collective universe and trying to reach a heaven on earth through light work and our purpose of serving other people to help them find their true path. So that is something that I do and it involves, um, you know, guided meditations, classes on different um, beings and how to activate someone's um, DNA to help them tr find their true purpose in life and find their true path. I've also learned many different forms of crystal healings and sacred geometry healings that you can do on other people that are very incredibly powerful along with crystal gridding to create a sacred space and a temple within your own home. So if you are interested in that, the Modern Mystery School is a wonderful path for that purpose, but it is also not a Wiccan path at the same time, but it has some very similar aspects of serving, of service and um, light work that I found myself being drawn to in Wicca. They also do have their own, um, another area of the modern mystery schools, they do have their own Wiccan circle of, and um, a coven that is spans throughout the world because they have schools in uh, Toronto, Japan, Brazil, um, London. So they're all over. And so that spans worldwide and you can do the Gaia Awakening the water awakening and really connect with those energies. So they have that path as well, though it is not their main purpose with the school. So just keep things in mind is that you, wherever you go, you can always find something that you truly connect with. And if being a solitary, which is what you truly connect with, which is tends to be what I truly connect with, then that is perfect for you. And you have found the path that you are supposed to be on and, so just what I said with um, the crystal healings, if you do want one and you're also in the California area, maybe close to me, email me and we'll see what I can do because that is some excellent, powerful energy work. So just keep in mind everything I've said about casting circles and making sure that you're protected just throughout the day to keep out any dark forces or negative energies that could impact you and it will help you raise your vibration and your personal energies. So when you cast spells, they tend to be more powerful and more effective than if you just go into one. 
another aspect that I want to make you aware of that I didn't mention earlier is someone posted a comment on how they felt scared or endangered and they would feel themselves floating above their body kind of in evil forces and bad things were happening to them and I mentioned that one of the most important things is to cast a circle especially for everyday protection because if you're meditating and you're trying to do astral travel or you're at a very you're going very high into the universe and you're leaving your body physically but if you're leaving it unprotected then dark entity entities might try to come in or might try to attach themselves to your vulnerable physical state. So it is very important, especially in times when you are susceptible to make sure you are protected. And that is one thing that I really truly believe is why it is so important to cast a circle just for your own protection on an everyday basis because of the dark energies that if you're having a bad day might find you susceptible and could latch on to you. So just keep a just be aware of all the things I mentioned today and um, find the type of circle that is true and for you and is the best option for you to use. And even just taking a moment to ground yourself and feel protective light around you is a great first step to really protecting your soul body and your spirit from any outside harm or any negative energies that might be coming your way. So, Mary, we part. Blessed be.